Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of The Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. We are streaming live on YouTube. If you want to watch us and chat with us, feel free to chime in. I know the Barflies will be talking about a lot with us today, mostly Bears on the show. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. And remember, the audio-only versions are on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. A lot to get to on the show today. As news keeps breaking. Uh, Bears making a lot of waves, man. They're really just hitting this offseason uh, at full throttle, it feels like. So we'll be diving into the trade that tipped it off as well as Ross Tradamus predicted as they made that trade before free agency had even begun and then adding several players. And we'll dive into each of those individual additions at length. A lot to talk about. And, you know, the icing on the cake is, is maybe number 12 from Green Bay is about to get the fuck out of Green Bay and finally out of the division and go on to play with the New York Jets. We'll see what the latest is with that and the rest of NFL free agency, any big splashes. And of course, the madness is going on right now. We won't talk about that too much because it's going on as uh, what it's Auburn and Iowa going on behind me. And we saw already some big upsets today and it's only day one and we'll go over our picks still and a lot to get to as far as the Oscars are concerned. Uh, the, the recap goes, I was three for three with my lone predictions as I didn't see any of these damn movies, but uh, we'll dive into a ton, Ross. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Feeling good. We got, uh, as we were literally going on air, Robert Tunyon is now a backup tight end for the Chicago Bears on a one-year deal. Uh, he has 17 career touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. And... Another another local kid as uh, uh, Ryan Poles continues to dip right. into that market. McHenry County's own Robert Tanyan will now back up. Of course, another Chicagoland area guy in Cole Komet. Isn't that wild? Uh, Robert Tanyan made some waves for Green Bay. And yeah, it looks like he's had just about 17 touchdowns, as Ross said. Look at him. Look oh. at him go. Boom, right on the money. So we begin with... The Bears tipping it all off last week, last Friday. It was pretty unbelievable. But we knew that the Bears were going to trade this pick and they'd been fielding calls. We didn't know who the suitor would be for number one overall pick. But that first big move, as Ross predicted, uh, trading back was trading it to Carolina for a King's ransom. I think we could both agree they got a really great haul for giving up that number one overall pick. So they moved back to nine overall. And then you get uh, the Panthers' second-round pick, which is the 61st pick this year. Uh, you get a first-round pick in 2024, second-round pick in 2025, and the Bears immediately get an established wide receiver from Carolina in DJ Moore, who, despite a lot of inconsistency at quarterback, he's been very productive. So you can only imagine what he will add to a wide receiver room with Chase Claypool and uh, Darnell Mooney uh, already, um, you know, helping Justin Fields out. So it's going to be a great offseason as they get to work. He's a thousand yard receiver instantly, you would think. And he's still young at 25. He got that big play capability. Even before we talk about the free agents uh, on top of that, Ross, that are now signing to the Bears as we have spoken today. How did you feel when you saw that this news broke about the Carolina trade? I loved it. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant uh, trade from from Ryan Poles. I, I you know, we talked about it last week. I felt like the trade was going to happen before free agency because I thought that Poles was going to want to get a veteran back in this trade. I thought that he would go wide receiver or defensive lineman. 
He brought in one of the best wide receivers that he could on the trade market right now. And most importantly, DJ Moore carries like about a $25 million cap hit. And you see these guys on the market right now getting the big name free agents getting $35, $40 million a year at the wide receiver position to be able to have him and now Darnell Mooney, which they'll look to extend and possibly, you know, Chase Claypool. We'll see what happens with him this year. You have those guys as a, as a trio at a very uh, at a very low rate compared to what the market is dictating right now. That's just a home run for Ryan Poles right there. And then you can fall back at this point to the ninth overall pick where you've got some flexibility. You know, Paris Johnson, the, the off – the uh, offensive tackle from Ohio State is going to be an option for you. I think so is Jackson Smith in Jigma. If you want to really go offense and, and add another name, if you don't feel good about Chase Claypool, we know Van Ness from Purdue is an option. Um, you know, Skaronsky, they were at the Pro Day the other day for Northwestern, is, is a, a very solid uh, interior lineman. Um, but also, I would not be surprised if the Bears traded down again from nine into the teens to recoup even more draft capital. Um, and don't sleep on them getting a, a cornerback as well, like Witherspoon from Illinois. So there's a lot of options on the board right now. You can go best player available, or if you want to trade down again, you can. But this was all about, um, number one, getting a, a, a potential number one wide receiver. We've been talking about this for over a year now. You know, it, Justin Fields needed a potential wide receiver. And you see – DJ Moore had plumbers throwing to him. No disrespect to those guys. PJ Walker is now on this team. He was one of those guys throwing to him. But for him to be able to put up those numbers and, you know, well over a thousand yards, he stays durable. He's consistent. You know, he's a home run hitter down the field. That is a great, great trade that Ryan Poles made. And, and hats off to him for being able to do that. And he, he did it well, well before the draft. And, and so now, you know, the rest, all the noise can go to sleep about, you know, feels and he's the guy. Is he not the guy? Or this and that. And you see those guys at the Bulls game last night already trying, you know, having that camaraderie and, and stuff like that. Home run trade for him. And it, and it just kind of led them into uh, into free agency, which they made some, uh, some other very interesting, intriguing moves as well. digits double digit picks this year and into next year building and and all these contracts that we'll get to too are all these few years so you think that the turnaround is going to be pretty impressive but going back to dj moore you can't speak enough about him and and what he brings to the table and that wide receiver room and he said quote i think everybody's level could reach a new level here now that i'm here i was talking to mooney we were talking about being together with chase me and him, how it's going to elevate the offense and elevate Justin at the same time. Because I'm not here just to be like just a bright light. I'm here to just make everybody around me better. And we just want to try to go get some wins. And it's night and day, you would think. Uh, Chase Claypool only played a limited season last year. Darnell Mooney was the lone guy. And you knew to double team him because all the other wide receivers were Byron Pringles and Scrubs and Plumbers, as you would have put it, Ross. Just guys who didn't belong on, on the same field as those guys. So it's huge. And moving back to nine does not certainly hurt you. We'll talk about the possibilities at nine very shortly here, but uh, very excited for DJ Moore. And I'm sure Justin Fields is as well. Uh, just a great player to watch and just what you would want in a number one wide receiver to your point about maybe draft another wide receiver. I don't see it at nine, but anything's possible. You would really just have, uh, I think an even deeper night and day sort of wide receiver room from last year looking at this. And, and, you know, as we move on to free agency, we were excited about Al-Kadeen Muhammad or we're like meh about that. There were just really not many big splash free agency moves right away. And, and the biggest one uh, that happened, we'd argue would be Tremaine Edmonds. And I thought last week that after the whole Roquan Smith fiasco and, and, not wanting to sign him to a, a long-term deal and, and the big deal that he wanted that they would not try and go after a big fish like Tremaine Edmonds, but look at Ryan Poles and, and he saw something in uh, the Buffalo linebacker, now a Chicago bear that was super impressive, signed him to a four-year deal front loaded 72 million, 50 million guaranteed. He's 25 years old. He's already been in the league several years. He was a captain at Buffalo uh, he's getting better in, in as far as pass defense, but we know he's a hard-hitting guy. You know, we know he's a leader uh, for the locker room right away when he steps in. 
And of course, linebacker TJ Edwards, another hometown product, three-year deal, 19 and a half million, 26 years old, coming off his best season in the league from the Eagles, a great addition. So immediately you look at two Illinois linebackers, which is just a cool story in itself with Sanborn, TJ Edwards, and then um, Tremaine Edmonds adding on there. So your front seven is bolstered right away by that. And on the offensive side of the ball, they got Nate Davis to a three-year deal. 26 years old, immediately you're starting right guard, you would think, paved the way for Derrick Henry, uh, just a, a mean dude on the offensive line who will help out on the interior. And then Andrew Billings, when you look at the defensive line, one-year deal for uh, the defensive lineman from the Raiders, 28 years old. He's a big fellow who can stop the run, shore up defense. And then an edge rusher, Demarcus Walker, uh, who, who comes from the Titans on a three-year deal. He's 28. And that adds a much needed edge rusher with some experience. And I, I loved his, his quote from uh, the press conference earlier when it was like, did Justin Fields play any factor in your signing? He said, absolutely. He wanted to play with, with this guy, Justin Fields, who's, who's a young star out there, you know, on the heels of David Montgomery leaving Travis Homer definitely needed that uh, as uh, Montgomery left the bears for the lions. It's a two year deal from the Seahawks, 24 years old. P.J. Walker, second stringer from the Panthers. I'm not mad at that at all uh, after the Bears released Trevor Simeon. And then we just talked about the Tunyon news. Uh, it's a lot to to digest, Ross. Uh, what do you – I mean, you could lead with Edmonds. Where do you want to go with this? How would you feel about this free agency class? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to start with the big fish, right, which is Tremaine Edmonds. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, Brian Poles maybe contradicted himself. He didn't want to spend – $20 million on an off-ball linebacker, but he goes out there and spends big money on, on Tremaine Edmonds. These guys couldn't be more opposite of each other. And I, I love Roquan Smith. I think he's a hell of a football player. But Roquan Smith is best when he is going downhill, where he's attacking the line of scrimmage and, and getting into the backfield. And Roquan Smith is also about 6'1", 235, 240 pounds, you know, depending on where he's listed at. Um, but he was a liability, uh, you know, in, in pass coverage. And he did. He was an off ball linebacker. You know, Trey Man, Tremaine Edmonds has already told you uh, today during his press conference, he's going to be the middle linebacker of this team. He's going to be that Mike linebacker. He's going to be essentially what us Bears fans remember back in the Brian Urlacher days. Right. When they would run that cover, two, And you would see Brian kind of hover around the line of scrimmage. And then he would dart back down the field and take off about 15, 20 yards and cover that space down the end of the field. And that's what the Bears were looking for. Tremaine Edmonds is 6'5". He is all of 6'5". He is a much bigger guy than Roquan Smith. He moves a lot faster. He's a lot more athletic on linebacker. He's going to be able to clog up a lot of space in the passing game in particular in this defense. And that's what Matt Eberflus wants. He wants to get back to going to cover two style defense. A lot of guys that ran this defense, ex bears have been talking about it on Twitter. If you follow guys like Corey Wooten and Lance Briggs and guys like that, they mentioned this specifically. And that's what Tremaine Edmonds allows to do. He allows Matt Eberflus to get back to his defense. Remember the length and athleticism is key here, but even some of the stats last year, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, you know, only a 69.9 quarterback rating when he was targeted last year. Year. That is not a very good quarterback wow. rating out there, right? Yeah. You know, yards per completion, you know, when he was thrown at 7.6, that was actually, that's a career best for him. Um, you know, the year before that, he was at 10.8. Um, you know, 65% quarterbacks completed 65% of passes, but everything was underneath him. Everything was in front of him, nothing down the field. We watched this defense last year just get gashed up the middle of the field 15, 20, 30 yards on the field. That's not going to happen. With Tremaine Edmonds, and you think now, how does that help Eddie Jackson? How does that help Jaquan Brisker, who's in the back end, right? Guys like this. How does that help, uh, you know, Kyler Gordon, who's probably going to be a nickel? That's why you spend big money on this guy. He changes the complete uh, complexion of your passing defense. A couple other guys, I think they have gone, you know, kind of bargain hot. You know, I, I love Edwards coming from from Philadelphia. That's your Roquan Smith. That's your guy that's going to attack the football. We saw him last in the Super Bowl. He was the guy that actually tripped up Pat Mahomes on that play where we thought Pat Mahomes might risk, might miss the rest of the Super Bowl. That was that was T.J. Edwards right there, right? He's the guy that's going to be really attacking the line of scrimmage and trying to shut down the running game, screen game, and stuff like that. So I love that linebacking group. I love that you know you, you've got your solid linebackers there. You got them for the cost of, of essentially what you're going to be paying you know uh, Roquan Smith this year with the Ravens are because. Uh, Edmonds cap hit is only $14 million this year. Right. And then they just kind of, they're, they're, they're playing this out slowly and methodically, which is okay. They still have the most cap space in the league. 
There's going to be veteran cuts. There's going to be guys still on the market. There's some guys I like that are still on the market. I think that the Bears could could go after it in the next couple of days, but they're going to slow play this a little bit. And, and Ryan Poles and, and Eberflus has a plan right now in place, and they're they're executing it. I love I love just you know it's a small thing, but I like when your backup quarterback has the same athletic ability within a reason because nobody is as athletic as Justin Fields, but it has the same concept or as, as Justin Fields. still makes sense in the system. Absolutely. It makes complete sense. I love the Robert Tunyon signing, right? Signing, right. You need a blocking tight end. That's better than, um, than Wesco and and some of these guys they had last year, right? Tunyon is a, is a touchdown machine. He is very, very familiar with getting in the end zone around the line of scrimmage. We, we talk when they get in the red zone area, uh, but he's going to be primarily a blocker, which is going to allow Cole Komet to go out there and catch even more touchdowns this year. So I, I like these things. It's going to piss off Bears fans. I love letting David Montgomery go. You need more explosiveness at that position. I think that Khalil Herbert is going to be a very solid option, but I, I will wholeheartedly believe they will address that in the draft, probably around the fourth round pick, and they're going to take an explosive rookie that could be RB1 on, on day one. Yeah, a lot to unpack. And and going back to Edmonds and, you know, and Walker, the defensive players that got signed, those two in particular said that Marcus Walker said, quote, these guys have done uh, a lot of good things historically. When you look on the wall behind me after the French conference day, I mean, come on now, alluding to the Bears logo. I mean, you get a rush being a defensive player coming here. There's an offensive league nowadays. And when you walk in here, you see, you know, there's Gail Sayers, but you see Brian Urlacher, Mike Singletary, a lot of defensive guys up here. So you go, okay. This is where I want to be. And that's that's that allure, which we missed for several of these past years with the Bears, where they were the bottom of the league and couldn't stop either the run or the pass, uh, not only in the division, but they were being walked all over by the rest of the NFL, it would seem like. So Edmonds, you know, and in this deal, if he's the most expensive guy, he's worth every penny if you're looking from a cap perspective there. Like you said, TJ Edwards loves to play downhill, super athletic, and uh, immediately they're – just their run stopping ability seems to get bolstered right away with those guys. Uh, when you look at linebacker and then, you know, an edge guy. And and I think that uh, most scouts and people around the league would think that the bears are not done as far as adding in free agency, maybe a defensive lineman or an edge guy. We know Yannick Ngakwe is still out there and a couple mm-hmm. other names as guys are getting signed right away. Chris Wormley too. Um, and that, you know, the, the, a miss, I suppose, would be you thought maybe Orlando Brown Jr. would go to the Bears, but that turned out to be uh, not in the cards, and he went to the Bengals to protect um, Joe Burrow. So now it just looks like, uh, as far as that's concerned, Braxton Jones, I know Ryan Poles said that he is the starting left tackle, and you're looking at the line as Tevin Jenkins, excuse me, Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, and maybe a first round rookie or someone else. Cause you saw Riley reef is gone. You're going to need that right tackle. And I'm not sure who it, who it comes to with that uh, first overall pick now, Ross. Yeah. It's, you know, right now, I, I think that, um, you know, if you're a betting person, you probably would, the, the odds would be favored to, to bet on Paris Johnson right now. But I think sure. also don't sleep on, um, on Broderick Jones, who's the, the tackle out of Georgia right now. They were at Georgia's pro day. Um, you know, a lot of people think that they were probably there to see Jalen Carter or or, um, or Nolan Smith. I think they were there to see Broderick Jones, and I think that they might take him ninth overall. Um, but they also could trade back a little bit and recoup some some draft picks and still take take him in the middle of the first round. So I, I think that's a guy that you um, you know wouldn't sleep on. And listen, the Bears are still going to add an offensive lineman or two in this free agency. Keep an eye out for Isaac Siomalo right now. I, I think he's a guy that he hasn't been signed. He He's a guard that's from the Eagles, all right? We all just know how good that Eagles offensive line has been over the last couple of years. Guy's been in the league for seven years now. But I think he is a very strong interior option um, as they maybe look to maybe kick uh, Cody Whitehair back to center. And I think you could see him slide into that left guard spot. And Tevin Jenkins might be your right tackle or might compete for that spot, right? Um, as you look at now, Nate Gay, it sounds like Nate Davis is going to play the, the right guard spot. And then other guys on, on there, you talked about Yannick Ngakwe. I think he's a good fit for the Bears. 
um, as he's probably going to take a visit with them pretty soon. Jadavian Clowney got released today. He's a solid option as a, as a guy that you can start opposite a rookie if you want to go that route in the draft. And then at corner, you know, the other guy I would keep an eye on is, is Rock Yasin, who, um, you know, played for the Raiders last year. Um, you know, it's only been in the league four years, but this is a, you know, second overround, uh, second round pick. Guys played in that Colts system before last year. So he is very familiar with Matt Eberflus in that system. I think that you can see Rock Yasin get signed by the Bears within the next couple of days. So I think that's a guy that we're going to be talking about by next week will be uh, on the Bears here. But keep an eye on those two names, Isaac Ciamalo, Rock Yasin. I think those are two guys that the Bears could sign within the next couple of days. And then I think they're, they're going to for sure add in a veteran edge rusher. I'm not terribly worried with that line, how it's compiled right now is you having four out of the five spots and with the versatility that Tevin Jenkins has shown uh, to be able to play guard or be moved to right tackle. That's huge. And he was, uh, you you know, on the heels of his off season where uh, in training camp, where it looked like he might be traded and not fitting with the bears. He played a great season for that bears offensive line. He was one of the bright spots for sure. And if uh, white hair and company could be healthy, that will be huge. I'm curious to see, you know, you mentioned all those those players who are still on the radar if Ngakwe um, could be signed for on the cheap, Rocky Yassin, and really that will still dictate what you would think the Bears do with that ninth overall pick because I really do like uh, Skoronsky and Broderick Jones, the guys you mentioned, but then, you know, there's a chance Miles Murphy right, might be there or Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon, and it's going to be basically a best player available scenario you would think based on the needs of the bears at that point. Um, but I would certainly not be mad um, if it came to, you know, Skaronsky Jones uh, or the kid from Ohio state that we talked about. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree, but you know, you got options. So I, I know, listen, everybody wants everything all at once, especially with the free agency. And, and so by day one, everybody got excited. And then by day two, everybody like, this is a long methodical process. And, it, and it's important to note that tomorrow, I mean, yesterday, excuse me, was the first day that as now the teams can legally sign these, these players, right? Tampering period is over. This is also the yeah. first time that these players can go visit facilities now. And this is very important for a lot of veteran players. They need to go to the facility. They need to feel it out. They need to hear it in person. They want to, you know, you know, hear what the front office has to say, if it's a good fit for their family, things of that nature. I think these are the things that a lot of people forget when, you know, you just think it's just monopoly money. You're just throwing stuff at guys. You're making a phone call like it's Jerry Maguire is saying, throw this contract out there. A lot of these guys, it becomes really personal for them. If you're a guy like Jadavian Clowney, you've been in this league for a while now. You've been on multiple teams. You, for damn sure, are going to take a couple visits around the NFL and see where you're more comfortable, right? Right. And same thing with a guy like, like a Rocky Alcin, who you know, he, he thought maybe he might be in, in, in Vegas for a while after leaving the Colts, and all of a sudden he finds himself you know, looking for another team, right? So you know that this is going to take a little bit more time. So this second wave – definitely lasts a lot longer, usually in the next couple of weeks. And I think that this is where the Bears are going to stockpile a lot of depth pieces, and they're still going to add anywhere between three to four more stars. So you talked about, um, you know, David Montgomery leaving briefly. As far yeah. as the departures go, it's only been him and, and Riley Reef. And, and I liked your point about Tanya. It was pointed out in the uh, comments there that he's a great pass blocker as well. Mm-hmm. And then Travis Homer said he pr- prides himself as, as a pass blocker as well. Mm-hmm. Montgomery, you know, good for him going to get that money because that's a big contract as far as a running back's concerned. And, and it's here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for him. Um, do you see them, the Bears addressing it? Are they happy with Homer and Khalil Herbert at this point? Or do they? Would you want to see them add to that? I'd like to see them add to that. I'd like to see them add one more veteran in the mix um, and then, you know, continue to add a guy uh, in the draft as well. So, I, you know, I, I'm looking at, you know, I'm trying to pull up some names here really quick of guys that are available. I know some people threw out there like Kareem Hunt to me or like earlier. I don't think that that's quite a fit. Um, but, you know, you, you can look at a guy like a like a jerk McKinnon or something like that, like, you know, something like that. Somebody on the lower end that that's going to be able to kind of jump into that running back by committee, but I think your number one running back going into next year is going to be 
uh, is going to be a rookie. And this is kind of what the good teams, you know, do. Remember, we just came off of a Super Bowl that saw Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh-round pick. He didn't dominate the Super Bowl, but he was really close to it. He had a fantastic yeah. Super Bowl. He could have been in the running for, for Super Bowl MVP, right? And then you look at what the Philadelphia Eagles did on the opposite side of the ball, right? Miles Sanders, who left their team a couple of days ago, wasn't even – he was a non-factor really in the Super Bowl. It was a lot of Gainwell and, and Boston Scott, and, and, and they just go with that three-headed rotation. And I think when you have an athlete as dynamic as Justin Fields already who's going to impact the rushing game with his ability – there's no reason for you to spend a ton of money, although I did want to snake on Barkley, um, or spend you know a ton of resources on on a uh, on, on a running back. You can find these explosive guys in the draft. And I think that was a problem ultimately with David Montgomery. Is he's a nice player, he's a good guy. We all love him. We wish him nothing but success, except when he is playing the Bears twice a year. He just lacked that explosiveness that the Bears wanted. He he didn't have that breakaway speed. And the advanced uh, analytics and stats are not kind to him at all. The more touches he gets as the game goes along, actually the worse he gets. And you best believe the Bears have a strong enough analytics department where they saw that as well, where this guy is not as effective when he's on the field, predominantly in the third and fourth quarter of football games. It takes a big toll on you. And you know he struggled with some injury history as well uh, with the Bears. But, uh, I mean, no one was better at breaking tackles for sure. So it's – on um, you know the negative side, you're going to see him twice uh, against Detroit. You know he'll run pretty hard against his former team. Circling back to polls, uh, I know you don't like to give grades, but it, it feels like a home run. It certainly feels like an A grade if you were to give uh, grades as far as filling needs and starting uh, using that all this cap space to really seem to turn this team around. The conversation going into this offseason was just get more competitive. And this was this is a team that the narrative is like, oh, they'll instead of losing 12 games, they'll lose eight, be a 500 team. It seems to me that you could turn this around pretty quickly. What are your thoughts, Ross? I mean, it could. You look at around now in the, in the NFC North, it's it's basically a foregone conclusion that Aaron Rodgers is gone, right? He'll be a jet hopefully by week one because this is, keeps dragging out more and more. And you look at within the division and, you know, to me right now, I actually think the Lions are probably the best team in the division right now. Um, I, I think they've got a solid football team in the division. Yeah. You know, the Vikings are kind of treading water. They're, they're trying to see if they can keep some vets, lose some vets. What's going to happen with Dalvin cook and what's going to happen with Zedarius Smith who put on Twitter, he was out of there, but they, but he's still on the football team right now. But you know, the bears could theoretically compete this year because you look around and it's a quarterback leagues and this all will rest on the shoulders of Justin Fields. And he's got an ability next season to put himself into the upper echelon of NFC of NFC quarterbacks. If you were to tell me right now, who's the best NFC quarterback. I mean, it's tough. Is it Kirk cousins? Is it Matthew Stafford with his concussion situation? Like there's, there's not, a, you know, Kyler Murray is going to be out for at least half the year right now with his ACL situation. Is it Geno Smith? I mean, there's not a lot of names out there that are going to really, you know, obviously we probably put Jalen Hurts up there right now as, as the number one guy. So, you know, it, it's, it, there's a there's opportunity for Justin Fields to put himself out there, make himself a better quarterback, and uh, you know put himself into that top two, top three situation of best quarterback in the NFC. And if he does that, why can't the Bears, you know, go seven and nine, or or, or you know even you know have an eight and seven record or something like that, and, and compete for a playoff spot? I, I don't see why not. It's going to be tough based Ten on the per- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Those extra games will get you. The um, It's going to be tough for the Bears, especially with the way that the Lions look like they've, they've turned the corner, turned things around. But the departure of Aaron Rodgers is huge. Uh, the Vikings, you know, the, that'll it'll it'll make or break their season with Kirk Cousins. And we know how inconsistent he is. It looks like, you know, and, and everybody has been holding their breath and saying this is is they might have that best quarterback in the NFC North uh, when, you know, the season begins. So it's. It's pretty insane to think about that. Um, you know, going forward, what, what do we miss about the Bears, Ross? Anything else? No, I, I think that's it. I think that it was good for, you know, we, we you know, it was good for, for polls to get up there today. I mean, listen, they got DJ Moore and they got two first round picks. And that to Fantastic. me, that was a big enough win already. When you get a, 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 a possible number one wide receiver and then you still allow yourself to still be in the top 10 of that draft and then get that team's first round pick next year. 
the Panthers might stink next year. And that's a thing that, that, you know, we're not talking about enough, although I like what they're doing in free agency. They're adding some pieces and stuff like that. But when have we ever seen rookie quarterbacks come out and just light it on fire right away, right? And so they might they might be a bad football team next year, which means the Bears could be having their top 10, you know, pick in the draft again. So, um, yeah, you, you know, absolutely. that right there, enough was a home run. This is a two to three year rebuild. We are going into year, uh, technically, last year was the strip down. So technically you can call this year one. But the fact that they're able to add DJ uh, Moore and, and, and Tremaine Edmonds to that team, to me is, is enough of a win right there. And, and now let's see what he can do. And, uh, you know, with adding some more pieces, adding some more depth guys, adding about three to four more starters on this team. And, uh, you know, that's it. And from there, we just got to keep, make sure that everybody stays healthy. That's also the most important factor in football, of course. And wait, of course. Uh, health is paramount. News. Wait, we got breaking news. The bears just signed Dante Foreman running former running back from the Carolina Panthers. So that just went through right now. That is a one-year, $3 million deal that uh, Adam Schefter has uh, just broken on Twitter. So Bears oh, just signed a, a, another running back to the mix. Dante Foreman is there. Bears loving these uh, the dealings with the Panthers, um, and that fills a need, like you said, Ross. So it'll be a, a competition as far as running back is concerned. And then, you know, you'd think they would draft someone – late as well in uh in the draft so that's impressive and that going back to the panthers side of things i'm i'm i have no idea who their number one quarterback is we know who they'll be drafting but historically that number one overall pick whoever has it has a good chance to to repeat except they, they won't have it uh and the bears could pick in the top 10 again and, and add to their um already looks like a good rebuild so that's that's impressive you know looking at the rest of free agency there's been a ton on the move it's we've talked about potential free agents it's really getting pretty thin for the bears at this point Uh, we talked about orlando brown targets like that the quarterbacks got signed right away jason kelsey coming back and and certain uh you know certain players that you thought might leave Came right back like Darius Slay for the Eagles, Jordan Poyer uh, for the Bills. What was uh, what else stood out to you as far as free agency outside of the Bears, Ross? I think the biggest one to me was was right off the bat was uh, was McGlinchey. I, I think we all thought that McGlinchey was going to be Mike McGlinchey was going to be a Chicago Bear, um, and mm-hmm. I, I think that the Bears were probably very competitive on that market. But you know the Broncos stepped in last minute and they offered a. Um, they offered a deal that quite frankly, McGlinchey couldn't refuse. And, and and so I think that that was a big one to me. That was a very, that was a surprise. I mean, they're giving this guy five years, 87 and a half million dollars, 17 and a half million dollars a year to play right tackle. That is, that's some, Crazy. that's some heavy coin right there, you know? And um, you know, Javon Hargrave, he, he went from a one damn good football team to another damn good football team. And in the, in the, he went from Philadelphia to San Francisco Rich Kip Gideon Richer, the, the San Francisco 49ers continue to just stockpile talent on their defenses. That, that was very surprising to me. Um, you know, the, the Orlando Brown thing was surprising. I, I think that's a great move for the Bengals because he fits their system very well. He's going to, you know, Joe Burrow desperately needs protection really bad there. And, and I think they were able to beef up that offensive line. Um, you know, th- that was, you know, very huge. And then, you know, I, I feel like we have to talk about this jet situation. I, I mean, they're signing, they're, they're basically getting bent over right now by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they've got, they, they came into this to me with already a decent amount of weapons and, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, Aaron Rodgers is essentially forcing them to sign Alan Lazard. You know, I, he's a nice player, but Alan Lazard for four years and $44 million, that's $11 million a year. And, and, you know, you hear that Randall Cobb is, is coming in and, and, you know, Still they, they the might, yeah, they might, you know, dust off the, the corpse of, of Jordy Nelson or something like that and sign him now. I mean, joke's been Donald Driver. <laughs> yeah, Donald, <laughs> Donald Driver is another good one. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just getting bent over by this guy right now who, you know, he theoretically, he's not even on your team yet. So, you know, the, the Jets obviously are, are all in. So that's going to be very interesting. It's just a, yeah, I, I obviously overshadowing everything we've talked about, you know, Derek Carr on the move. That's interesting. And and we didn't talk about Jimmy Garoppolo going to uh, Vegas and then Darren Waller, also a big move after he, he married Kelsey Plum, who, who plays for Las Vegas's basketball team. Then he gets shipped off to, to the, to the giants 
is unfortunate. Um, but the adds to Daniel Jones weapons between him, Waller and uh, Saquon Barkley is pretty impressive. And then we'll see what Jimmy G can do in Las Vegas. But the, the big headline, of course, it's been just nauseating just this whole saga of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and these rumors to the jets have gone on for days and he came on Pat McAfee's show and said he wanted to go to the jets as of Friday. This was basically, this is all on the heels of that, the darkness retreat and said he was 90% ready to retire. And we know about his emotional leaving the, the, the field of his last game and wondered if we were going to see Eric Rogers, not only in a, in a, um, Green Bay uniform, but even come back again next year. And he set himself 90% ready to retire. And then he just turns around and says, yeah, I could go to the Jets, but here's what we need. And now you can't forget about Green Bay is going to want something in return for letting Aaron Rodgers go at this point. You know, it's been rumored that a first round pick and then, you know, more picks to come, but that's a huge void uh, to be filled up. I mean, Jordan Love be damned. It would be a pretty big shift. And then, you think the Jets would be peaking at the right time with a lot of young talent around them. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll be finalized in a week or a month or what's going to happen with it, but uh, I'd certainly be happy to see him leave the division, as I know a lot of Bears fans would be as well. Yeah, a lot of Packers fans are at this point too, and you see why. I mean, he's just been a complete diva yeah. the whole time. I'm tired of the Pat McAfee fake Howard Stern, you know, style shows and interviews and, and, and going into the darkness and silence. And, and, you know, this is just a lot of pomp and circumstance for a guy, quite frankly, who, yes, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. We know he's got the stats and the MVP trophies, but he's only won one ring. And for everything that he has, has accomplished, it still has only been one ring up in Green Bay where, and, and you know, you start to really question, you know, what kind of teammate is, is this guy and, and what kind of, uh, camaraderie is he going to build when he gets to the Jets and, and and is he going to show up to to OTAs and is he going to show up to minicamp on time can he commit to doing this next year because that's a tough division it, and, and it might not all click click or come together in the first year and what if he just says all right cool I'm out I'm, I'm, I'm going to retire and the Jets are stuck between a rock and a hard place again so yeah I, I think the whole NFL world is just completely exhausted by the Aaron Rodgers experience and, uh, you know, we, we want it over. And, you know, quite frankly, I kind of like what the Giants did across town. They, they've been quietly making some good moves. We didn't even talk about the Darren Waller move that they did there. And, and you know, so the, the, the Jets are doing all this. I think the Giants might still be the best team in the, in the New York area. You know, they, and they were able to retain Barkley and, and kind of beef up that. You know, they signed Paris Campbell today, beef up that offense a little bit. You know, Daniel Jones' contract is super scary, but – Okay. We're, we're definitely all exhausted with the Aaron Rodgers experience at this point. It's exhausting. And uh, obviously, you know, we're a little biased with the, the Bears side of things, but it's yeah. it just his indecision, the back and forth with all this. And and let's not forget that he's 39. So to go and, and flip to a division that has the, the Patriots, the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, who are the cream of the crop, you would think at this point with Josh Allen, um, and of course, the Dolphins are, are no slouch, having really turned it around last year. Um, we know what Belichick can do. It's just as competitive, and it's it, it, it's going to take a lot of time. I feel like to adjust like that, which is why you know to Aaron Rodgers' point, wanting Alan Lazard to that four-year deal, and and wanting Randall Cobb, who wants guys who he's familiar with, like security blankets, um, in addition to to the new uh, skill position players that he'd be playing with. I'm ready for him to just make a decision at this point. And so what does that mean for, for green Bay? Is, do you think that they'll have the quote worst quarterback going forward in the division? Like what are your expectations for Jordan love? I mean, you got to power rank him, you know, fourth right now. Right. I, I mean, so, but you know, I, I commend, I don't commend green Bay because I think they should have pulled the, the plug on this a year ago and not even, uh, you know, kind of bent over for Rodgers and, and, and acquiesced and, and gave him that big deal. Obviously, he just it, it seemed like both sides didn't want to be there. But, you know, look at Jordan Love. This guy has attempted 83 career passes and, and he's about to be, uh, you know, he, he's going he's about to be 25 years old soon. You know, and you're going to have to make a decision on him, most importantly, on that fifth year option pretty soon. So they, they needed to do this right now. Um, you know, Jordan Love, in, in the short times that we have seen him out on the football field, 
he he looks very raw. He looks very uh, um, um, not comfortable in the pocket. His feet are very happy back there. And, um, you know, he, he looks like he wants to get rid of the football pretty quickly. Um, so I think the Packers are going to be in for a rude awakening. They're going to, but they're going to have to go through this. Listen, they have been blessed for a long time from going from from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It is there beyond due to struggle for a little bit. And I think this one could, you know, theoretically set them back, you know, a good, you know, eight to nine years, you know, as we've seen, obviously in Chicago, you know, not having a quarterback, it will, will, will push you back. So, um, it, you know, don't be surprised if this, you know, might cost Matt before his job long term and, and they got a clean house and, and just blow this whole thing up. But that's football, you know, and this is what happens where, you know, you you kind of, uh, you know, acquiesce to a superstar who doesn't want to be there anymore, doesn't like you, you don't like him either. And, and you, you keep it on for a year or two too long. And this is what happens. So, you know. I, I don't feel any bad about them. It's going to be a lot easier for us to go to Lambeau Field and, and get some tickets up there, and uh, and, and hopefully right. the Bears, hopefully the Bears will start whooping their ass soon because it's been far, it's been far time that the Bears turn this around and, and, and start being the more dominant team in this uh, in this quote unquote rivalry. Well, yeah, the the oldest rival, one of the oldest rivalries in sports, right? And it looks if you look at the all time records, they're about even at this point. But we know from the past, from fifteen years of Aaron Rodgers, he's had their number over and over again. So from that perspective, the the table's got to turn at some point there. So Jordan Love be damned, and Aaron Rodgers, it it is not a done deal. They have to work out this this deal between the Packers and the Jets, um, as it's been pointed out repeatedly, but. Aaron Rodgers on the move would, would certainly make waves in that division. Um, moving on, Ross, yeah. talk about March Madness. How about it? As it's, it's going on right it. now. Let's talk about it, brother. And uh, had, uh, some brackets busted already. Go ahead. Some brackets have been busted. Princeton took out Arizona this afternoon. I had uh, four Fordham, four, whatever. Joe, Joe Biden I, had Arizona. <laughs> yes, he did. Of course he did. I actually picked uh, uh Whatever that team is, Fulham, Folsom, whatever that team is, I don't know. I picked them today in a parlay. Furman, there you go. I picked them today in a parlay, and they won, so I I feel good about that. Uh, Duke right now is in front of my TV. They're blowing out Oral Roberts 28 to to 10. But um, the the first weekend is always, you know, some of the most exciting. RIP Illinois, they they took a bad loss today. Northwestern's on right now. They're beating Boise uh, State by, by two points. But yeah, it, it, this is this is one of the most fun weekends of the year where you just kind of kick back and you get just just un you know uninterrupted basketball for hours upon hours and the upsets are always exciting and stuff like that and uh, you know I, I don't fill out a bracket anymore but I do like to kind of dabble a little bit in some parlays here and there and and you know this will take us through the next couple of weeks kind of this this kind of dry spell in in in, in sports and and it will bring us right to that uh, right to that baseball season and, and kind of the 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 home stretch of the NBA, but it's fun when that kid hit that shot today for for um what for Foreman or whatever Fullman Furman excuse me um I was in, I was I was in my office and everybody just exploded at the same time uh, it was absolutely bonkers it was nuts and that's what it's all about is that's it's so exciting it was five years since uh, Virginia's loss to UMBC as well to to the day which is pretty unbelievable mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we got a got to double back you don't fill out a bracket anymore what does that mean i don't fill out a bracket anymore i just i i mean the the i don't know the you fill out a bracket it gets blown up in like the first three hours or so you get upset i haven't watched enough college basketball all year to feel like i can intelligently fill out a bracket bracket so i probably do like two or three parlays a day i got a parlay right now that that's uh that's looking good and then, uh, you know, I'll make another little $15 parlay tomorrow and, and hope that one makes another hundred bucks, you know, and that's how I like to play it these days. It, the online, the, the online gambling stuff and the apps and stuff like that have kind of taken the fun away from me from brackets and whatnot. Yeah, that's a fair enough point. I mean, you know, to, to that end, people with no knowledge of college basketball have, have gone pretty deep just because of that's betting true. by mascots for God's sakes and shit like that. So um, but if you look at the number one seeds, certainly Alabama came out swinging 96 to 75 win against Texas A&M CC, which I didn't know existed until then. And then Kansas, who's another favorite, uh, beating the tar out of Howard with Kamala Harris in the building. Uh, as far as, you know, you didn't fill out a bracket, but you must have a favorite. I, I really do like Kansas uh, coming out of this on top. I know it's pretty unheard of to, to go back to a title game, but they 
they've uh, everyone's favorite dick out there and he's really making uh, all these big time shots and he's, he's a young scorer and Grady Dick and um, Bill Self. There's a lot to be said for the coaching there, but I would love to see a Alabama Kansas final. Um, but on the note of Kansas making their run, they got to go through a young Arkansas team that has a lot of blue chip prospects and, and it was a closer, tighter game against Illinois uh, who put up a little bit of fight at the end, but don't look past Arkansas if you're Kansas because uh, the, um, the Razorbacks are super impressive right now. Yeah, I, I will say what's missing, you know, from from the game, from the tournament, is you know you start to lack this big star power that we used to get when I grew up, and you know, I can remember the Vince Carter days and, and Grant Hill, and, and you know, I can take it all the way to you know even like Zion Williamson from a couple of years ago and stuff like that. And, and you know it sucks to not have a guy like Victor Wembanyama, who's obviously going to be the number one overall pick in the draft, right? He, he's playing overseas right now, and even not having a guy like Scoot Henderson who's probably going to be the number two pick in the draft. And he played in the G league this year. And so I, you know, I, I don't ever want to tell a, a young man, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. I don't ever want to tell a young man that he can't go to work right away or anything like that. But I think that the the NBA should adopt in college basketball should adopt a similar rule that, um, that the NFL has and in, in that college in that uh, baseball has too, probably more close to the baseball, which is if you're, 17 years old and you want to go to the NBA right out of high school, like a baseball player, you should go right away. You should have that opportunity to go right away. But if you go to college, in my opinion, I think that you should commit to that college for two years. And I think that it will help both sports and both leagues. You know, imagine some of these young guys being able to stay in college for two years and grow that sport work on their game, and then go to the NBA. But if you are one of those generational guys, if you are Kobe Bryant, or Kevin Garnett, or something where along those lines, and you feel like you can go right away, God bless you. Go for it. So I think that should be a fair compromise in the next CBA. Yeah, and, and you're already seeing it, right, with uh, what's happening in the G League, and overtime elite is a new wrinkle in the system, too. There's, you know, a couple lottery pick players that could be picked who are playing there um, in the top five. But you can't forget that there are guys, uh, you know, like we mentioned, who uh, are out there as in Brandon Miller from Alabama. And we saw Nick Smith Jr. putting on a show for Arkansas. So there's there's some but really, that's not what March Madness is about. Right. There is about these teams that have played together for the majority, besides the Kentuckys of the world or Dukes, who who uh, are one and done a lot of one and done players. But with this new wrinkle in there, it kind of weeds out those players. So you'll see which team can play the most cohesive basketball with some mix of youth and some good leadership but uh do you, do you have a favorite ross out of we've mentioned i don't have any faith in purdue but who do you like yeah i i mean you you said it earlier i, I like kansas a lot but i like alabama too and I, I think kansas is probably the most complete team i think uh, alabama has the best player uh in college basketball right now obviously we'll, we'll take it all the off-court stuff you know off the table there um, but I think they have the best player in, in, in college basketball. So I think it, it should be one of those two teams that will win the title. And, uh, you know, Bill Self being back out there, Bill Self has obviously been a legend in, in this sport now. I think a lot of people from Illinois uh, really can't stand him at this point. But they've got an outstanding basketball team, and, and he's been able to, uh, you know, re- recruit and keep these teams together even during the whole one-on-done, uh, you know, saga and stuff like that. Yeah, no question. Well, moving on to other headlines, it looks like Michael Jordan might be in talks to sell his stake in the Hornets. I feel like it is long overdue. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's not just run that franchise into the ground. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's just not worked out for Mike. Um, And then, of course, from the Bulls perspective, Lonzo Ball going through with that surgery that would potentially cost him the entire next season, which is just bananas. Uh, They said it you know, in 14 months, he'll undergo it, which is yeah. just crazy. A cartilage transplant. Did you know what a cartilage transplant was? I, I did not. I, I'm wondering whose cartilage he's getting that from. So it's, that's uh, that's interesting. But it's some, it's, hopefully it's some fine cartilage. It is. It is. You know, prayers out to Lonzo Ball. I, I'm pretty sure mentally right now he's got to be struggling with this. The guy wants to get out on the basketball court and compete. That's what he's been doing his entire life, and he's, he hasn't been able to do it. It sucks. Um, you know, even going going back to Michael, that's the right thing for him. I, I think Michael at this point has got more money than he can spend. He's got, you know, beautiful wife. He's got kids. he got grandkids. 
that man just used to go off into the sunset and and uh he, he's not old by any stretch of the imagination but he's at a point right now where i think that he should just you know sit back and, and let the jordan money come in and, and pass it on to his kids and just you know take that bottle of tequila that he owns at that brand and, and sit somewhere and relax underneath the sun man you, you don't need to be doing this anymore and you know, put the Charlotte Hornets in, in, in somebody that that actually cares about doing the day-to-day stuff because it's clear that Michael doesn't care about that. And then there's no harm in that. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Just sell the basketball team. Yeah. It, it seems like the writing has been on the wall for some time and he'd rather be fishing or golfing or whatever he's doing out in, in Florida, anywhere else. And uh, he can he can go be at the wedding of, of Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan at some point soon. <laughs> so it'll, be, it'll be a hell of an affair. And Scotty, maybe Scotty will be there. I don't know. Thanks. It's something we never fucking talked about. What a weird, weird pairing that you would not have expected. And I, I'm sure Michael is laughing about this still. It's probably his idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Hey, what, what if this happened? Uh, Ross, RIP, Bobby Caldwell. Great hits, some of the best samples in hip hop. We know uh, Light mm-hmm. sampled him and What mm-hmm. You Won't Do for Love, Tupac. Mm-hmm. Like, there's Tupac. just yep. endless hits. Yeah, for sure. He was uh, he was a white singer, soul singer who uh, a lot of a lot mistaken him to be black. And it was yes, funny sir. to talk about the that first album he put out, and it's him in the shadows, and that was a uh, that was picked by him. Um, but man could sing and such, such, such a great voice. Outstanding. I mean, amazing voice. He is my go-to. He is, uh, his music is played at least one time a week in this household. Um, it's, it's great, you know, dinner music company cleaning up, just an amazing voice. Um, I always called him and Tina Marie, the, the king of queen of they're, they're not black, uh, the, you know, that whole thing. Right. <laughs> and, and so, um, and he's going to be missed. It, it was great to see that, you know, he, he was struggling with illness, but it was great to see that he was able to, um, you know, pass away peacefully at home, surrounded by his family. And um, if you have never, ever streamed or listened to Bobby Caldwell music, do yourselves a favor and, and, and fix that this weekend. It is absolutely a treat. And, and, you know, all you have to do is just type in his name and just put on Bobby Caldwell radio and you'll get introduced to another, uh, another ton of great artists from that era that are still with us as well. And, and you know, you got to appreciate those people while they're around and then also celebrate them still when they're gone and let their music still live on when they're gone. RIP Barbara Caldwell, love his music. I will continue to play it and hopefully I can, pass that on to my son and he can continue as well i, I don't think he will i got introduced to it because my mother Good did the luck. same thing you know so yeah. you never know that's never the only know. way to learn is through you it was funny yeah. just listening to, i forget which podcast i was listening to earlier but it's like dad yeah. do you know who tool is or know who this is like yeah, I fucking like went to college and listened to Tool or System of a Down, and I know who they are. I, I can Im- not imagine what the music landscape will look like when uh, Bradley is is you know in his <laughs> teens and Lily, my daughter, what it, what that's like. It's gonna be interesting. The, maybe those, maybe these the two who just uh, went on, who are going on tour, who just were making headlines today, Drake and Twenty One Savage, will still be around. But those tickets, man, it's, uh, again, with Beyonce and with Taylor Swift and, and all these big-name artists, it's uh, just nuts when you look at t- Ticketmaster and just say, nope, like, I'm just not going to do it. Did you even, I mean, you must have looked, Ross. I know you're a Drake guy. Did you consider it? And the th- it's, I, I it's did not. much. Yeah, I'm at an age right now where that crowd and that concert is a little too young for me. I, I saw Drake in concert. Uh, a couple of years ago, we went to Kansas City to see him. Uh, my, my lovely wife, April, was pregnant at the time. There was weed all over us. I was like yelling at kids. I was just like, I'm way too old to be at this concert. <laughs> I enjoyed it. But listen, these concerts now it, with these big artists, you know, I, I'm trying to tell people this is the new luxury brand. Like this is the new luxury item on yeah. the market. It's like similar to buying a, a Chanel purse or something like that. When Beyonce or Taylor Swift or Rihanna, when she's done having kids and, and, and Drake, when these big artists are going to go on tour now, these tickets are going to run you $1,000 plus. This is the new luxury item because what they're going to try and do, my, my conspiracy theory, is they, they also want you to embrace more of the in-home experience 
which is also helping the artists and other people, right? You can throw on goggles now and you can go into a concert in the metaverse and you can have a concert. Yeah. Or I watched the Kendrick Lamar tour on Amazon, you know, which you know, it looks beautiful. It sounded great in my house. I got Sonos speakers. It sounds great. The weekend just did his uh, concert on HBO. It's streaming on HBO Max right now. So this is where we're going. If you want to see these people in person, you're going to have to pay a premium. But if not, we're going to give you a very good experience in a home that's going to be, you know, it's not being there, but it's pretty close. If you can cut off the lights and grab yourself a, a beverage at home and you got a good sound system and that's where we're going. And I don't mind. It, it is what it is. If you want to see Beyonce or Bad Bunny, it's going to cost you. And I think it's also a perfect opportunity for people to start to embrace some of these smaller acts that they might like in, in, in some of these other groups that are still playing at these smaller venues, uh, House of Blues, you know, the, the, the Vic that we have here, other places and stuff like that, and, and also embrace local groups and local bands. Remember, I, you could have saw 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you could have saw Drake for $35.99, you know, like, like, you know, you can see some of these artists. I remember seeing Kanye West once, like, like for really, really small theater for free, you know? So I saw him for free. Yeah. I saw him for, yeah. for free outside the soldier field parking lot, you know, Absolutely. and Twista was there and ludicrous. Absolutely. And Absolutely. it was right you know, around that college dropout time. But Absolutely. yeah, it's uh, as Cliff pointed out, like a thousand dollars to see a, a concert is just bananas and everything we talked about, I, I guess you're selling the experience and nothing will replace that experience. It just comes to, how much can you tolerate? Because you get aged out of it to an extent too. If you can drop that sort of money to be real close front row and, and you get a, a decent enough deal, then yeah, you check that off your bucket list and see, you know, an icon, but just, I'm not that impressed with what Drake and 21 Savage do together too. Like Drake by himself uh, probably warrants that, but to pay a thousand dollars to see 21 Savage, one of these more well-known fucking mumble rappers, I, I don't get it. And I know the two have, uh, done a lot of work together, but it's it's just insane. And I know Ross, you had that question: um, "What's the best concert you've ever seen?" Yeah, and that's loaded. You just talked about all these venues in Chicago that are great. Like I saw the Strokes at the Aragon. I saw Kanye at the United Center, and and that's who you would want to see at the United Center. Is those bigger names like that? But um, we're blessed to have a lot of uh, venues like that, like the Riv and Aragon, yeah. and Vic, um, yeah. Riviera, the Metro. Me and you went to a Kanye West concert in Vegas, which was great. But then we went to somewhere else after that, and we saw J. Cole do an impromptu 30-minute set in jogging pants, and which was just phenomenal, yeah. right? Like that it was, was and that was something that that stuck in my mind for a long time. My favorite concert experience uh, was, was 1998, was the Hard Lock, uh, Hard Knock Life tour. That was basically all of Def Jam at the time. Jay Z was was the lead on that, also DMX, but you had. DJ Clue and yeah, Ja Rule and you just had any big hip hop artist that was on Def Jam at that moment was doing that concert. And, and, and those are things that you don't ever see anymore is you'll never see the, the five, six biggest names, you know, all go on a tour together for 56 dates, right? They're too big. They, they do their own stuff. They'll pop up at a festival with each other. J. Cole and Drake are doing a festival with each other, but they'll never do it too big. Um, also, you know, from a, from a, another standpoint, my wife and I went to go see Usher. Usher is one of our favorite artists. We went to go see him oh, in nice. Vegas, in Vegas a couple of years ago. So much so we loved it that we're going back again, uh, in, uh, in October. So yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Those are some big names and talk about that. I, when I saw Kanye at the United Center, he had that floating stage and whatever you think of him still just a hell of a performer and. And what he put um, as far as a performer into set design and everything else was incredible. I almost caught his jacket at that, that show. A little, little weird <laughs> fact about that, too, which was pretty crazy. But I've seen Black Keys a bunch of times and all the, the big names you could think of, like Neil Young at the Chicago Theater. Um, and, uh, yeah, outstanding. But, mm -hmm. you know, Ross, with uh, the final note, with the Oscars, everything, everywhere, all at once. I still haven't seen it, but I'm going to watch it soon. And it's cleaned up. Uh, and it was the favorite, the bell of the ball. And then, you know, the really only outlier you felt like was Brendan Fraser winning um, yeah. for best actor, which looked like a shoe in too. What, what were the other surprises? I know some, some movies get shut out, but when there's something like everything everywhere, all at once uh, that's, that comes along once in a while, it's, it's hard to, to beat out. Uh, it's hard to beat the competition at that point. 
It is. And it was just a movie that really resonated with everybody. And and, and I, I see why when I first time I watched it, I absolutely love the movie. I've seen it twice now. Um, so, you know, definitely, definitely check it out, you know, watch it. And it was great to see, you know, Michelle Yeoh get her first Oscar and Jamie Lee Curtis get her first Oscar. And, uh, you know, Kiwi Kong, his speech was absolutely amazing as well. So you know, it, it's great. I think it's going to be something that we're going to remember, remember for a long time. It's basically the first sci-fi fic sci-fi movie excuse me that's been um that that that's been um recognized and uh it's fun it's a fun movie if you have not checked watched it yet it's a good opportunity to, to definitely check, check it out now no question we have run out of time uh jimmy Fallon did a good job to, or jimmy Fallon, Jim, the other jimmy jimmy kimmel did a good job jimmy, i think yeah. uh, of that too um and uh yeah, it came and went, the, the champagne carpet and all. It was as expected, but we've run out of time. Coming up next with the Barroom Network, you got open mic at 8 p.m. The Barflies express their thoughts on the Bears and most recent signings, and they keep having these signings come in day after day with Dante Foreman, the most recent one, uh, adding to the running back depth. Remember to follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Been streaming on YouTube. You could check this episode out if you've missed any of it. Uh, after the show is done, it will be on the Barroom Network's channel. And if you're looking for the audio-only version, it'll be on Spotify, iTunes. Like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. Enjoy the madness. We'll be back same time next week, recapping that and more. Everybody be good to each other out there. So long. Peace.